Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have two feature interviews. The first part is a comprehensive look at grain markets with FarmLink Marketing Solutions Analyst Neil Townsend. The second feature is an interview with the President of Fertilizer Canada. Real Agriculture talks about canola production. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Director Bill Smalley. As we mentioned, grain market analyst Neil Townsend is optimistic about canola prices this winter, but he does say there are some issues. Canola, we've we've seen a you know a really really strong market. It, it doesn't seem to be slowing down in any material ways. Things are fairly favorable with specific regard to canola in terms of China. They've got very, very low stocks. They haven't imported very much because Canada didn't have very much to end, you know, what we would call the 21-22 marketing year. So, you know, as long as there's, you know, resilient demand coming from China, despite all of the headwinds they have with COVID-19 policy and the economy and all that, I mean, it seems like canola can kind of rebuff that a little bit. So, you know, the outlook for canola is, support it. Does that mean that it goes much higher? Not necessarily. There's going to be some price resistance. And if we start to see a big crop perceived coming from South America, which that is the projection right now for soybeans, I mean, the oil seed complex is going to feel some pressure from that. So I would say we, we see canola sort of supported, but not necessarily, you know, running much, much higher than it has been. But again, canola has defied you know, our expectations this year and and has continued to kind of, you know, show stability and show, you know, some price growth. But, you know, we'll have to see how that goes forward. In terms of wheat, you know, the wheat market has some positives and it has some negatives. We'll start with the negatives. I mean, from a Canadian perspective, you know, so the war is going on in Ukraine, but it looks like the export corridor is going to be, you know, most likely renewed. And even if it's not renewed, it looks like Russia does not have the capacity to, you know, shut that corridor down. And the Russian military is being pushed back from, you know, uh, the proximity of the ports of Nikolaev and and their, their forces are being pushed further away from Odessa. I mean, it's still they can threaten them, but not to the extent that maybe we perceived earlier. So 
the expectation should be that some grain is going to get out of Ukraine and probably more than we expected, say, two, three, four months ago from the November period forward. And also Russia has a big crop and they continue to be exporters. That's sort of the negative that, you know, we're going to face more competition. The positive is that global demand looks okay. We are seeing, you know, uh, the Saudis just put out a big tender for 600,000 tons of wheat. Tunisia's in for some wheat. Uh, you know, the markets in Indonesia are, are good. It looks like China's been buying a bit of wheat. Um, so, yeah, the wheat market, I think, is, you know, positive and negative. In terms of the price expectation, I would say that probably uh, we're going to run into a little bit of a wall uh, because the Australian crop is going to come online. What we know about the Australian crop is much lower quality uh, because of the excessive rains, but there is talk about a very, very big crop. So, a lower quality crop uh, with a lot of bushels usually means that you want to get that exported quickly. Uh, so that could disrupt the market for a bit. And then the question mark from a Canadian perspective is, I mean, low quality wheat, are we really worried about that? Because we grow the best wheat in the world with, you know, and we had a very good crop in 22 in terms of, uh, you know, the quality and the protein and everything like that. So, you know, we're not really looking to, compete with Australia, but by the same token, more wheat in the world usually does present a bit of a drag on the price. So price-wise, you've talked about canola being strong and may show some improvement. What about wheat? Is there room for improvement there in price-wise? I think uh, wheat's probably going to stay flat, uh, a little bit downish for the next few weeks or months, just because, you know, there's been a big round of buying and uh, you know, most of the Canadian logistics are probably firmer, are, are filled up for sort of the foreseeable future. Uh, and then probably sometime in December, we might see, uh, you know, the prices sort of uh, rebound. Now, of course, wheat prices are highly dependent and highly volatile based on what's happening in the world. If we see sort of an escalation of activity in the war, threats to ships or ship the ship crews or anything like that, something that sort of makes it harder or stickier to get wheat out of the Black Sea region we probably would see some, uh, you know, stabilization or increase in wheat prices. Neil Townsend is an analyst with FarmLink Marketing Solutions. Coming up, he looks at Pulse. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CARM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca and your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Grain market analyst Neil Townsend sees ongoing good demand for prairie barley and pulse crops. Townsend says barley prices could moderate this winter. I think like the barley market is, you know, it, it had a very robust start to the year and it's sort of kind of tapered off a little bit. But I think basically, you know, there's the old adage like high prices are the cure for high prices. And what we've seen for barley is that, you know, barley had a very strong price structure to begin this marketing year. And that's encouraged, uh, you know, feeders and, and importers around, you know, who are relying maybe on Canadian barley or something like that to look for alternative sources. So we've seen, you know, uh, some some corn get traded into Lethbridge. I mean, that will be delivered probably in the new year, but they're still buying it, which means that they, you know, aren't relying as heavily on Canadian barley. And we've just seen, you know, increased demand for feed wheat, for oats and for other things in like feed grain alley, because, you know, barley is relatively high priced. Uh, barley prices are still strong and uh, I think they've moderated and then we expect them to moderate a little bit more, but you know, again, it, it all depends on the final, you know, tally of what the, what the demand is. 
Uh, the pulse market has seen, you know, good exports to start the year, both for peas and for lentils. Um, the prices are maybe, you know, they've been tracking higher and now they're sort of like, you know, uh, they've stabilized or even you're showing a little tiny bit of a drag on them. And the main thing there is just, you know, like you can only export so much in a, in a window and that seems to be being, being, uh, being done right now. And then the world is sort of watching very carefully to see what the Indian situation is. They're just in the sort of like the key growing season for their pulses and we're waiting for some data on how much got got planted, what the conditions are and how they might fare in this one. And then I think ultimately when we get to sort of your, you know, March, April, May period of time, the fate of the Indian crop, and this goes for wheat as well, the wheat crop, but also all the pulse crops is is really going to dictate, you know, whether we sort of like have a good year for pulses or we have a great year for pulses, or we end up being a little bit disappointed because, you know, the Indian's you know, rebuild or recharge their supplies. Neil Townsend is the chief market analyst with FarmLink Marketing Solutions. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Our guest now is Jay Wetter, editor of Canola Digest, as well as with the Canola Council of Canada. Jay, welcome to the show. Hey, Sean. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks great, for inviting me. Great to chat with you. Okay, so Jay, uh, the, 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 looking back, like the snow is flying, the crops in the bin. From an agronomic standpoint, what what did we learn this year about the the canola crop? Well, uh, it's still highly reliant on on good weather for yield. Well, you know that the canola yield is going to be probably in and around forty bushels per acre this year. Um, the stat can estimate for September has it at 39.7. I think it'll probably tick up a little bit. I don't know what people like Chuck in the, the industry are saying, but um, Manitoba's yields, I think, were probably better than people expected, especially with the long open fall. Yeah. But again, it really, canola, good canola yields come down to good weather. I mean, there's, we're figuring out the agronomy, and the agronomy is always a moving target. And, one of the objectives of the Canola Council is to, to keep moving agronomy forward, especially relate, related to stand establishment and related to reducing harvest losses and harvest timing and that kind of thing. Things that have a real profound effect on yield. But, but the, the truest, most profound effect on yield is the weather. And I talked to um, a farmer from northern Alberta as part of the Canola Digest panel just this week. And what we were talking about using data. So I'm not, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now, Sean, but he was saying that, and he, he pays a lot of attention to, to the data and he does, does a lot of trials and, and he likes to look at the numbers and he weighs every load coming off the combine and all that stuff. But he said, you know, that might make a few bushels difference, but the weather makes a 30 bushel difference. Mm. So, so we we're we're struggling with weather and I could go on a bit of a, a little thing I did, dug in about Australia, if you want me to. Okay, I'll bite. What'd you learn there? <laughs> so I do this article every November for Canola Digest called Canola Market Snapshot. And, and I dig into some of the data from like the U.S. Uh, Foreign Agriculture Service 
and um, sometimes I'll look into UNFAO uh, numbers. So I was looking at uh, canola raising production for for 2022. The estimate, anyway, the USFAS predicted 20, basically 25 million tons from other countries. You know, they have they have the big ones. They have Canada. They have the EU. They have China. And then they have the other countries, like the what were secondary producers. Anyway, those those others are now producing more than than Canada, more than China, more than Europe. Not combined, but as as separate entities. So I wanted to find out a bit more of that, and that's that's increased a lot lately. So the number from Australia kind of surprised me, and you might think I pay better attention to that kind of stuff, but I this one slipped through my my mind. But so Australia produced six point seven or six point eight million tons in twenty twenty one. And has the same estimate for 2022. So that's, you know, a third of Canada's production. So it doesn't sound all that amazing, uh, just on its own, except three years ago, Australian production was, was 2.3 million tons. Mm. And, and for two years in a row, it was down that low. And their yield those two years, that's 2018, 2019 was 20 bushels per acre. And their decade average up to that point was 23. So just not good yields, basically half of. Canada's yield. And then all of a sudden it jumped to 32.5 bushels per acre in 2020 and 37.5 in 2021. And and it was all about finally getting some good production weather in Australia. So their yield went from a decade average of 23 up to 37.5 last year. And I don't know what it'll be for 2022. They're, they're just doing harvest now, but I, I found some in, inspiration in that because as you know, the Canola Council has that's a fairly ambitious yield target of 52 bushels per acre by 2025. And we've been stuck at 40 or so for the past six or six years, not including the drought year of 2021, which was really bad. So, but I, so I feel like we're in a, in a holding pattern and a lot of it is weather related. And, and if Australia is any indication uh, when the weather turns, your yield can, can jump amazingly. Basically it jumped by 50% or more. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Periods of light snow today with winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high minus 9, the low minus 16. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, winds up to 15K, the high minus 9, wind chill minus 20 in the morning and minus 15 in the afternoon. 40% chance of evening flurries tomorrow, the low minus 13. Wednesday, periods of snow, high minus 4, 60% chance of evening flurries and the low minus 15. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 11, the low minus 16. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 7, the low minus 15. Saturday, sunny, the high minus 6, the low minus 13. Sunday, sunny, with a high of minus 6. Normal high is minus 1 for this date, the normal low minus 12. The sun rose at 8.11 this morning. It sets at 5.15 tonight. And currently, uh, around the province, the hot spot right now is Maple Creek at minus... 18, pardon me, it is Maple Creek at minus 2. The cold spot is Nipawin at minus 18.
Once again, the warm spot, Maple Creek minus 2. Estevan is minus 10. Saskatoon minus 6. Swift Current minus 5. Weyburn minus 10. Yorkton is minus 14. Regina with light snow, it's minus 10. That's 15 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south-southeast at 4. Humidity is 76%. The barometer rising, 102.79. Light snow and moose jaw minus 9. Winds are from the east-northeast at 11. Once again, Regina, light snow and minus 10. That's 15 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. And first time now for Countdown to Agribition, brought to you by Conexus Credit Union and Conexus Credit Canada, and 2S Auctioneers. Show your Conexus card for free admission to the Canadian Western Agribition. Agribition opens on Monday, November the 28th in Regina. President Kim Hextall of Grenfell is looking forward to a great show. Well, I think it's uh, pretty exciting to be uh, selected as the president of Agribition. And I've been working with our board of directors and the staff, and we're really excited about the show that's going to start on the 28th of November. Give me a few highlights for the show this year. Well, we have a lot of things returning as usual, and everybody's looking forward to uh, being back in the barns and seeing the cattle, seeing the trade show area, uh, entertainment, rodeo. We have four nights of rodeo, and people are looking forward to being to town and, and seeing people again. And we'll be able to see each other with our masks this year. Kim Hextall is the president of Canadian Western Agribition. Agribition opens Monday, November 28th, wraps up Saturday, December 3rd, and that's Countdown to Agribition. Time now for this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Reducing fertilizer emissions has been a hot topic among farmers. While the federal government hopes to reduce emissions 30% by the end of the decade, farmers don't believe it can be done without affecting both yield and profitability. Karen Proud is the president and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. She was a guest on the Grains West podcast, produced by the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commissions. Journalist Trevor Back wrote a feature article for the Grains West magazine, and this is a large portion of his interview with Karen Proud of Fertilizer Canada. We have actually just recently responded to the government's proposal. So the government has gone out with a consultation seeking input into their 30% target. We conducted a study as part of our submission to the federal government in response to their target. And I think our study demonstrated pretty clearly that we can make significant reductions in emissions from fertilizer use at the 14% level. And we feel that this is sort of realistic and achievable between now and 2030. Now, how is it that Fertilizer Canada and other industry players came up with the 14% determination? So we did this study, uh, we funded it along with the Canola Council of Canada um, and had researchers looking at specifically 
the use of the 4R Nutrient Stewardship Program. So this is a program that farmers implement to put in place best management practices for managing fertilizers on farm. And and it's been around for over a decade. We looked at that program knowing that it's probably our best chance at reducing emissions from fertilizer use. And we looked at how the uptake has been since the program was introduced because there's various levels. It's quite a complex program. So we looked at how farmers were integrating those best management practices at the most advanced level. And as we looked at the trend in adoption and where we would need to go for uh, emissions reductions, our researchers felt that based on the level of adoption that we felt could be achieved by 2030, that's how the 14% uh, percent emissions reduction. So it really came down to practically how can this be implemented in still an aggressive way, but where we feel it could be a reasonable approach. So is that to say that 30% is simply unreasonable, given that what your research found is that with an aggressive approach, 14% is achievable? So what our research really looked at is the advanced levels of these best management practices. And if you think about the fact that right now in Ontario and Quebec, we have sort of 10 to 15% of those practices being adopted now and about 10 to 25% in the prairies. To get to 30% between now and, and 2030, we would need... 100% of acres in Ontario and Quebec adopting these advanced practices and 60 to 70% of these acres being adopted in Western Canada. We didn't feel that that's reasonably achievable given where we are today. The 14% is still very aggressive, but we feel we could achieve that between now and 2030. The 14% figure, what percentage of farmers in the provinces you just mentioned would have to start adopting such practices to hit that 14% figure? So we didn't look at farmers. We looked at acres of land. So the total acres that would have to be adopting these practices to hit the 14% in Ontario and Quebec, that's um, 26 to 45%. And the reason it's such a wide range is specific to those best management practices, some being adopted more widely than others. So we're talking Ontario and Quebec, 26 to 45%. They're only at 10 to 15% now. So that's quite a significant increase. And in the prairies, we're looking at 28 to 50% of those total acres. And again, they're only at 10 to 25% now. So still very aggressive, but it does show us that we have room to move between now and 2030. We will have more with Karen Proud of Fertilizer Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. There are concerns among many farmers about Ottawa's goal to reduce emissions from fertilizer use by 30%. We continue with an interview between journalist Trevor Back and Karen Proud, CEO and President of Fertilizer Canada. What happens if the government decides to not budge from its figure of 30%? 
Well, I, the government has been very clear that the target is um, it's voluntary and very ambitious. And so the way we've really been looking at this is that the government has sort of put out this directional kind of North Star uh, approach. They've also been very, very clear recently that there is no intention of putting a cap on fertilizer use. There's, they very much want to ensure that farmers can continue to be productive and increase their yields. And so in my mind, we just need to really focus on getting down to work and see how far we can go between now and 2030. Is there any concern that the program could stop becoming voluntary and become compulsory at some point? That was certainly our concern at the beginning. Whenever government puts out a, an initiative or a target or indicates a, a desire for any sector to move in a certain way, the concern is if you don't actually move in that direction or you don't achieve what the government wanted, what do they do next? But I think through the conversation that has been happening since the government first introduced this, I think there's a bit of a realization that we really do need to balance food production and emissions reductions and ensure that one doesn't negatively affect the other. And I think the government has come to that realization. Karen Proud is the president and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. She was a guest on the Grains West podcast produced by the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission. You can also read Trevor Back's cover story in the latest Grains West magazine by going to Grains West. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain markets were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose 70 cents at 851.62. Lentils fell $13 per metric ton at $755.50. Number one red spring wheat went up 816 at $422.07 per metric ton. The rest were unchanged. Durham 498.50. Feed barley 362.87. Chickpeas 925.95, flax 742.98, oats 289.32, yellow peas 469.08, and feed wheat 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December gained 13.5 cents at 9.59 and a quarter. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Co-Oats are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the, bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swift Current. We had 7,000 cattle on offer last week. All class of cows sold barely steady. Good quality calves sold very strong. Medium plain calves sold under pressure. Here are the quotations. D1 and 2 cows were bringing 85 to 90. D3 cows 75 to 85. All the cows averaged 83. Bulls, $1.20 to $1.35. Medium bulls, 90 to $1.10. Calves, 3 to 400 pound steer calves were 320 to 351 and a half. 4 to 500 pounds, 285 to 321.75. 5 to 600 pounds, 265 to 310. 
Six seven hundred pounds, two fifty to two sixty five. Seven eight hundred pounds, two forty to two fifty five. Heifer, three to four hundred pounds, two ten to two fifty. Four to five hundred pounds, two oh five to two forty. Five six hundred pounds, one eighty five to two thirty five. Six seven hundred pounds, one seventy five to two thirty. Seven eight hundred pounds, one sixty five to one seventy two. We'll be selling 7,500 cattle this week. Good day and good marketing. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is for both Brandon, SIG4 Brandon, and BPTCP4 Moose Jaw Plants. Today's price, $213.34 per CKG. Coming up, the resort. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. The Saskatchewan Highways Ministry says milder weather has prompted winter wait season to be postponed on all relevant secondary highways. Typically, winter waits begin on November 16th each year and run through March 14th. Highways Minister Jeremy Cockrell says the program is temporarily postponed until colder weather arrives. He says without sufficient freezing, extra weight can damage pavement and the road beneath, which can be costly and potentially dangerous. Colder temperatures during the winter months help freeze and strengthen roads, allowing more weight to be transported on provincial highways without damaging the road. On the markets... The TSX is down 98 points to 20,013. The Dow has gained 58 points to 33,806. Oil has fallen 229 at 86.67 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 75.20 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A. 620 CKRM.